Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. She really is so polite. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. And this is Ryan. And we are quite pleased. We are very excited to have a special guest with us joining us today. Would you care to introduce yourself to your beautiful listeners? Why certainly. My name is uh, David Lyon. Um, play music for a band called Chronicles. Uh, I do solo stuff. And yeah, I play string guitar. So I play some, some metal, I guess. Crowd's going wild, David. Wow, I hear that. Ryan, we're going to work on the timing of the crowd. I'm glad we brought the crowd noise back, but we got to let Yeah, that was, a, you know what, though? They couldn't, then, they couldn't contain the excitement <laughs> for having David on. It's, it's hard you know, you to can't I blame the were, crowd for that. I thought there was some sort of demonic voice going on. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to press through this, all right? It's Whether like, I'm about to die right now or not, <laughs> I'm just going to press through this. I'm going to introduce myself, all right? So, I love yeah. the energy, man. No, no, for real, we're both. Yeah. You can tell we're both excited. I just thank you for joining us, man. You're you're so talented, and I appreciate you taking the time, man. For real, I appreciate that, guys. But yeah, I, I think that should be noted that the uh, audience could not contain themselves. They couldn't <laughs> even wait for the introduction. They were uh, screaming here. I dig it. Yeah, we've That's actually. What I'm about. It's a thing with the show. We actually we had the crowd noise, and then we took it away, and then we were like, we need to bring it back. But Ryan, we got to we got to work on this. We got I figured I, we got to find a different way because it it was too far out, man. It just sounded too like it did sound like a, like like a demonic. <laughs> once David pointed it out, well, now you, it's like yeah, that's all. I, <laughs> you know, I feel there should be something notable for the guests because they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciated it. You know, um, I, I had no idea what was going on at the time, but it's okay. I, I appreciate it now, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, let's jump right in, David. How did this whole guitar thing start? Why don't we start from oh, the beginning here? From the beginning, from the beginning. All right. Um, let's see. So I started playing music when I was super young child um i think my parents got me into playing piano when i was around eight and like every eight year old you hate it um and amen uh, amen <laughs> i i hated every second of it and i when i was 10 my parents got me a drum set actually and that was like that was my life right there um i played drums oh, right, from yeah. the age of 
10 to I think 13 or 14. Really? And I was jamming with a, 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 you know my brothers and some friends, but it got to a point where I wanted to write my own music, and you know I was kind of sick of just drumming along to everybody else's tunes. Um, and right. I was like, you know what? I can't really make the music with uh, my guitar because nobody else that I wanted to jam with played guitar um, at the time. Or if they did play guitar, I like I wanted to write my own stuff onto what they were playing. So I was like, you know, I'm going to pick up guitar. Um, so I think I was 14 years old. And once I picked up the guitar, I pretty much fell in love with it. And I uh, locked myself inside my room for about eight hours a day and practiced until uh, wow. I couldn't anymore. Until it was time to go to bed and then kind of repeat. That's kind of how it all started. And now I've just been doing it for way too long. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a bad thing, you know. I feel your pain, David. Um, God bless my mom. She also got me into piano lessons at about the same age. And I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, I The guitar was definitely the instrument that had my heart. So I, uh, I definitely feel your pain. But yeah, um, thank God you made your way over to the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because the uh, piano is actually now my favorite instrument to play. Oh, I wow. think I would okay. rather play. I'd rather play piano than anything else. Really? There's nothing better than just sitting down at a piano and just going, all right, I'm just going to push some buttons and see what happens. <laughs> we were listening to your track and uh, we did hear the piano based influence in there. Um, the track that you recently released. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. Um, so the track that I just released, um, part of a mouthful, but um, yeah, um, it is, if uh, your king is no God's man, he had better be the devil. And uh, I, re I released that track. It's off of my um, EP that's coming out on November 5th. Um, called Lionheart is the album. And I wanted to release this music because uh, my band Chronicles was kind of on at a standstill. And um, I didn't want to also be at a standstill and not release music. So I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to put out my own music and kind of see what happens. So right. really this stuff that I'm about to put out on Lionheart was just kind of either stuff I was working on for Chronicles or um, just kind of the overall sound that I wanted to go towards if I didn't have a singer. Um, so that's kind of what you're hearing there is some kind of Chronicles stuff mixed in, like with if we didn't have a singer, what Chronicles would sound like really. Um, and I think that uh, after releasing this, I kind of stoked because I want to continue to kind of release this stuff um, and see if I can kind of, introduce some people to some cinematic kind of metal or symphonic metal, whatever you call it. I don't know what it is, uh, but that's kind of the, the sound I'm going for. It's definitely very engaging. Um, and, and I know it takes a different level of musicality to be able to engage an audience when there aren't any vocals involved. Um, yeah, 
it is different, I would say. And I think that's probably hence the reason for the long song names. <laughs> uh, when, when you don't have uh, any lyrics to kind of explain what's going on in the song, all you have is the title. And uh, so that probably explains it. You talked about um, locking yourself in your room and practicing for eight hours um, at a time. When I listened to that track, I could definitely hear the facility that you have on display. Um, did you always know that that time that you put in would lead to something more or how did that work? Um, I, I can definitely tell you put the time in. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I think that as young kids, we all have dreams uh, that we want to accomplish. Right. And, I think that dreams can definitely evolve uh, into what you want them to. I think that at the time I knew I wanted to do, I think how I put it back in the day was I wanted to be a rock star of some sort. And I'm sure that that was that's a lot of people's goals and kids goals. Um, I feel that, at the time, that kind of, goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. Um, and I had my stints with, you know, pop punk bands and kind of other, I mean, it started off really as a pop punk type thing. And then I got more into metal as I got older. And then from there, you know, once I listened to metal, really that opened up so much, so many doors for me. And it, it made me want to be a better musician um, at the time. And really that's kind of what led to what it is today. But I, I don't think I had this in mind. Um, I think if uh, if you ask 14, 15 year old David, you know where he would have hoped to have been at this age, he was probably would have said touring the world with like My Chemical Romance or something like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing, right? But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting to look back, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's completely different uh, person, that's for sure. As as I am today, so. Definitely goals evolve and as as they should, right? Yeah, absolutely. What was it about metal that, that drew you in like that and opened it opened up your palette musically? Yeah, I think it was really the technicality. Um I got to this point where it's like um, you know, I, I was on this brink of wanting to get better. Um, like, you know, I, I knew power chords, I knew, you know, basic um basic theory at the time, but I really wanted to improve my skills and play faster. And so I was introduced to this band called protest the hero. Um, if you're familiar with them and, uh, that was insane to me at the time. I had no idea that kids could do this. You know, I think you were probably talking about like 18, 19 year old kids who were playing right, this same yeah. metal and you're just like, whoa, wait, you can do this. And they also brought, you know, some emotion along with, with their music as well. It wasn't just screaming or metal. You know, they had something to say in their songs as well. So it was kind of this whole, I don't know, uh, just wanting to evolve uh, in my guitar playing that really led me to metal. And I, I wasn't a huge fan. And I, I uh, this is probably blasphemy, but still not a huge fan today of like your 
your typical metal, you know, Metallica, Slayer, things like that. That didn't really engage me because I didn't feel like there was as much emotion behind it um, other than just some sort of anger or something like that. Um, right. I, I wanted some more emotion than just anger and protest the hero really um, kind of gave that to me. And then leading into other bands as well, uh, that also did the same thing for me. It's pop punk uh, emo roots, man. I feel you on that. I, I was exactly. So, and, and that's really what it was is I have those roots in me and then other bands come out and say, Hey, what if we can mix the two? And then you're like, Oh hell yeah. Um, so I think there was other bands like a Skylet Drive that was definitely like kind of emo metal, you know. Uh, so it was things like that that led me to want to improve. You know, David, I'm really curious because when I listen to your track, I hear the facility in your fingers as far as, you know, the technicality to be able to do some crazy things. So I I kind of feel like that was something that you were doing before you even decided what uh what genre you were going to go into. Is that is that the case? Yeah, um definitely. I mean, I've been kind of playing this type of music for a long time now. Um probably too long. I think ever since I was around 22 um, so over 10, not over 10 years, sorry, just under 10 years ago, um, I've been playing this music, but the hard part for me was I was always the garage band type kid or my music never saw the light of day. Um, but I've been kind of coming up with this kind of stuff for a long time now. Um, like I said, way too long. Um, I think the last band I was ever in, I think I was 21 or 22 and after that is when I started to establish this kind of sound. So it's been, you know, about 10 years in the making almost um, to develop this sound, but it's been a long time coming and I'm just glad that it's, it's slowly, but surely starting to get out there. Yeah, definitely. As a, as a guitar player, um, I always love to see guitar players like you on display just uh the type of guitar player where it feels like nothing is impossible technically yeah. it's I really appreciate cool that. yeah um did you have that in mind when you first started playing like i'm just gonna put my head down and practice and uh so I can do anything or was that just something that you gravitated towards naturally and just went with it? I mean, kind of a tough question because I think that when you're first starting out, you always want to be the best musician possible, right? You always want to be on that uh, golden platter and uh, being known as the best guitarist in the world. But then as you get older, you realize there's, that there's six year olds out there that are way better than you. Um, <laughs> that can do way more stuff yeah, than you right. can, and that you're now with social media, that. right? Yeah, that, now with oh, social yeah. media, you see everybody around the world doing their thing. Exactly, and you know, at the time when I started, obviously we didn't have the social media. Um, uh, we didn't even really have MySpace at the time. Um, so 
I think, yeah, back then definitely wanted to be the best guitarist in the world. And then you just, your, your dreams get smashed as you get older, as you realize that you suck. Um, and there's so many, you know, different kids out there doing way far better things that you'll ever do. And so then is this kind of like, like I said, then it starts to evolve, right. And to, you know, it's not about that. It's about just coming up with the best music that you can possibly, you know, make and the best songs that you can create. Um, I think I've gravitated more towards songwriting than I have uh, shredding. I think within the last three years of my life, uh, you know, I think probably before then I just wanted to still be, try to be known as a shredder, but now I, I don't even think of myself as a shredder and I, I wouldn't even dare as there's so many amazing guitarists out there that can blow me out of the water. Um, and now I, I, I gravitate more towards trying to, you know, write better songs and just kind of be a better composer. Write better songs? Better songs, better composition, you know, just be better. Better? I guess I'm curious about this term better. Like, what are you aiming for? What, um, what drives you? What, do you what, are, what qualities are you trying to convey with the songwriting? Look with what you're working on now. Oh, sorry about that. You cut out. Well, can you repeat that? Yeah, like what qualities are you trying to convey with, with what you're working on with songwriting now? Um, well, I want to try to be a little bit more cinematic. I want my song structures to be actually a little bit more simplistic. Um, and because I think if you would have asked me maybe even two years ago, I think uh, less is more, I would have said hell no. More is more, duh. More is more. But, and I, I, I still f sometimes gravitate towards that. But in my older, you know, the older I get, really, I do think that less can be more. Um, so less complex, um, a little bit more listener friendly, but, you know, not, not the whole selling out, you know, making pop music or nothing like that, really. <laughs> but just, uh, and that's not knock on pop music at all. Um, that's just not my cup of we tea. We know what you mean. But, yeah, we know what you mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's just turning it down a little bit and still bringing the heaviness and still bringing some some speed as well, um, but just kind of more uh, defined. If that answers your question, yeah, which it, does. it probably doesn't. Yeah, man, no, you know what? There's no like set definition for this term better, which is why I questioned. Because I know that better meant other things. And, and like, what was it that you're aiming for? What is it that you... Because as a songwriter gotcha. myself, I can relate to wanting to tell a story, you know, and mm -hmm. um, doing that with more purpose. As you get more polished along the way, wanting to be able to tell, articulate a specific story as opposed to this more of a broader emotion. You know, like you say, with some of the other bands that you just sort of got anger from some of that music, you know, wanting to have maybe more of a broad palette, like a broad, a broader, uh, a broader like subject matter to kind of like pull from. Like that's something that I've worked on myself. So, no, I can relate. I just that's why I was asking. Yeah, no, I think that you probably could have answered it for me because you just said it better my, uh, yourself, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, everybody. again, I. I I think that you hit it right on the head. Like I would love to be able to tell a better story. I mean, this is a concept album that I've done and I, uh, you know, with Lionheart, but I don't think I tell, told the story correctly. And I think it's all about that storytelling, especially if you don't have a vocalist to tell that story, you still got to be able to capture that. 
Um, and, you know, if, when it go, comes to film scores, they can tell the story really without the, the film being in front of you. And they do such a good job. And that's something that I would like to capture in my music to come. You know what, David? Um, I was scrolling through your Instagram apart from listening to your new track. Um, it seems like... Just lurking. Yeah, lurking. composer was one of the things that you described yourself as. And, you know, just um, adding to what you've already said. Was there a moment when you really focused on on that, you know, the, the storytelling aspect of a song? Yeah, I actually did that at a super young age. Um, and I don't know why and how that, how I gravitated towards that necessarily. Um, but I remember being 14, I just picked up the guitar and uh, my brother had Pro Tools and I'm like, you know, I'm going to record something. I don't know how, but I'm going to. Um, and I had this, this MIDI controller and that also did some synth stuff and some violins and orchestra stuff. Um, and I remember just making, I wanted to do this cool intro for, <laughs> for an album that I wanted to do. And so I made this orchestra track and I don't know why I did it, but I just did. And I was like, oh man. I like doing this. Like, this is fun being able to play with all these different instruments and to create one cool little song, one little piece. And uh, ever since then, I just gravitated towards that. But it's funny because I can't really tell you that, like, I constantly listen to film scores. I mean, I love listening to film scores. Um, um, but I actually don't even really listen to a lot of music, to be honest. So <laughs> I guess there you go. Um, but I, I can't really tell you that uh, when or how I gravitated towards that, but I just kind of did. And I just fell in love with, you know, mixing all those different instruments together to make one final piece. I have to make curiosity at the phrase that you don't listen to a lot of music. Is there a specific reason for that? Or are you just busy or? Yeah, I would say busy is, is, is definitely a, a part of it because especially with the music that I listen to, if I do listen to music, it really takes a lot out of you. Um, and there's a lot to think about and there's a lot to analyze. And um, it's, it's hard and it takes up a lot of time. So for me, um, I, that's a big reason why I don't listen to a lot of music. And I'm super, super overly picky <laughs> as well. Um, so I kind of just choose not to listen to music. Um, I mean, when I go on car rides and stuff, I'm literally just in the silence. Uh, I would rather not listen to music. I'd rather just kind of think about life itself. Um, or, you know, than there's always try to. Yeah, there is podcasts, but I actually don't even listen to podcasts for some reason either. Uh, there was a time where I actually did listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, since then I just enjoyed the silence really in uh, kind of just contemplating life, trying to figure out the, the, the big reason for life. And for some reason, I can never figure it out. Well, I mean, think about it. There's no music without silence because there's there there's no sound. There's no music or, or sound that could just be all sound, all vibration. There has to be this dip in the wave. Like there has to be sound, silence, sound, silence. And it's the syncopation of that sound and the silence that makes all the music that we love and enjoy. Right. Like it's it's yes. it's the it's just as important the notes that they don't play as the ones that they do play. Exactly. 
So I think it's life true. is like it's that too. True. Like sometimes I don't know about how you feel, dude. Because like for me, there are times when like all I want to do is absorb music, and I'm I'm in a I'm in a, that zone right now. Like I'm going heavy, heavy in the Van Halen catalog for whatever reason. It's I don't know. It's been a year since Eddie. Not a bad me. one to delve into though, right? It's not. It's, <laughs> it's so. There you not, go. There you go. No, so not. I'm just heavy into it. I'm just and right now I'm analyzing like the differences and not. I mean not that not that it's good or bad. Just I love hearing what Sammy can do, what David can do and like going back and forth and kind of like hearing their ranges and what they bring, like the little special juice or whatever you would call it, the little special magic that they bring to the formula, you know, and how Eddie's playing evolved. And so like I'm studying basically. And then there are times in my life when dude, I, I just want to produce. I just need to get music out of me. I've been absorbed. I've been a sponge. I've been absorbing. And then it's got to come out. So I don't know if you, if you yeah. like that too, like there's, I have times when I do, I do one or the other. Yeah, it used to be like that for me because especially once uh, one of my favorite bands come out with an album, I'm like, "All right, pause everything I'm doing. I gotta absorb this. I gotta, you know." It's take like this a holiday, right? Weeks. It is exactly. I gotta, you know, take this in for a couple weeks, analyze it, absorb it, and then you know, uh, kind of draw some influences from it, right? And then and then start writing myself. Um, that's what I used to do, but now it's to the point where even if my favorite bands come out with an album, I still don't even listen to it. Um, <laughs> I'm almost like it's 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 hard, but I think it's because I'm just so this, either it's it's either I'm busy or I'm just so focused on my own writing. And yeah. understandable. You know, like, it, it's hard though because I don't think that music is necessarily a competition, right? I, I really don't because it's all about what you're trying right. to portray and, and your music itself. But there comes to a point that when some of your favorite bands come out with music and you listen to it, you feel discouraged, even though you shouldn't. Um, you should really actually just be happy for the amazing music that they just put out. But sometimes it's hard to get into that mindset and go, man, what the hell am I even doing then? Because if I listen to their music and then I listen to mine, mine sounds like crap. You know, so <laughs> you know, I know exactly what you're it, talking it is hard. about, dude. I mean, dude, that is yeah, an element, right? That is an element of it. I know that feeling. Yeah. It, it, Go ahead, go ahead. It definitely shouldn't be a competition, but there's something inside that it's like, man, I wish I would have put that out. You know, yeah. why didn't I think of that? That was genius. <laughs> yeah, you know, you go back, um, you listen to all your favorite bands. You listen to all the guitar players that you hold in high esteem. And there are certain riffs where you're like, man, I wish I would have came up with that. But at the same oh, yeah. time, you know, there are plenty of people around the world that are going to resonate with David's music more so than anything else. Ah, I wish. <laughs> I don't know if that will happen, but I would be I would be stoked for it to happen. I think that would be really cool. Well, you're in the process of doing that. I mean, you you're creating something that only David can create. Just you. I'm, yeah, it's 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 getting there, and I'm I'm I am excited. Um, I'm excited for the release for sure. I think it will be uh, definitely a fun time. And but I think for me, it's it's constantly about being on to the next. I'm already on to the next phase of of writing, really, and just kind of getting that stuff out. Uh, just kind of coming out with a game plan for the next year, um, as I want to continue to you know put out music. You know, David, I do want to make sure I take the time to uh, say 
the organ parts on your song were fantastic. I, I'm a fan of the organ, so I just wanted to put that out there. The but time. also, I've <laughs> known this guy for almost 20 years. He's never said that once to me. All right, fine. Sorry. I know you. <laughs> That's fine. I don't have <laughs> to tell you anything. What, what are we married or something, man? No, I don't have to tell like, you hey, everything. You know I know I like God, organ music. Man. You know I like to play the piano. I just okay. It's fine. I appreciate what David was doing with the organ on his tracks. Yeah, you know, you talked about composer. Um, you talked about a lot of things. What is your process when you go into writing a track? Like, how do you know when it's done? That's one thing that we've always talked about. Like, how do you know when a track is done? That is a great question. I feel like I know when a track is done when I say it's freaking done. Like I'm over this song. Um, <laughs> That's a hard one, isn't it, David? Yeah. It, it, it is such a hard question because I mean, you can, especially when it comes to instrumental music and prog music, like you can keep going and going and Definitely, going. Man. Like you can push it, you know, uh, to be a 27 minute long song and it doesn't matter because that's prog. And that's the, you know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. Um, but I think that for me, it's, it's when I am done capturing the, the, uh, the emotion that I wanted to portray. Right. I think that that's when I call it done. Um, and sometimes I struggle, um, calling it done because it's, it's if I want to do more and I want to try to get out another emotion, I'll keep on going. And then sometimes I'll struggle to, to find that emotion and then I just kind of in this conundrum of, man, what is it done or not? Is, do I keep on going? And so there's, there's always got to be a point where it's like, you know what? Screw this. It's done. It's just freaking done. <laughs> Cause I'm done. It always feels like there's another nuance that you can add to yeah. the, the equation. Right. Michael, right. David, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. we've, we've all written songs, um, David, would you have any advice for the would-be composer, would-be songwriter as far as when to let something go? Because it's really hard, right, when you're writing something, when you feel like there's another element you can add to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have any words of wisdom, really, because um, that's something that I'm still trying to tackle myself, right? And I think all of us as artists, that's something that we continue to work on is, you know, when to call something done and walk away. Um, right. But I think it really depends on if it's, if it's eating at you or not, you know, if it's eating at you and you just can't stop thinking about it and yeah, go back to the drawing board. Or if you're just super frustrated and you're like, you know what, I don't know if this song can get any better. Um, or if I'm just adding things to it just to add to it, then that's probably time to walk away and go, yeah, it's done. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is really what you're thinking about adding. Are you really going to add to the emotion to the, to the song? Are you really going to change that song? Or are you just going to add things just to add it? Um, and if that's the case, it doesn't even make sense. Save it for another song. Hmm. I'm sort of lost in my own world here, Dave and Ryan. Like, <laughs> no, I just, it's got me thinking about our music, Ryan. Like it's, you said that, and then I'm hearing what Dave's talking about. I'm thinking of a specific song that needs the organ. And I just it, the melody. There's something about head, right? that organ, isn't there? There's it's a powerful instrument. To, to musicians <laughs> that sparks this in me. I I don't know what it is. It's like I I want to start making music. Like it just 
I don't know what it is, man. I can't put my finger on it, but like, I feel so inspired right now. Like I, I just want to like go and create, you know, like, man, you should, as you should. I think that that's the most important thing, right? Is just going and creating and not listening to anything out and anything else in the outside world. Right. Just putting your head down and starting to create, um, so what, and seeing what comes out. You. you know what I'm saying? Like that. I can yeah. Really you know what, um, David, uh, do you always feel like that? Like you have music inside of you to get out? Um, we've talked to a lot of artists and it's like everyone has their own unique way of getting mm -hmm. what they feel inside of them out. Do you have certain moments in your life where you feel super inspired or is it like a daily thing where you're getting yeah. certain things out and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, this particular idea feels like something I can run with. Yeah, I think it comes in ways for me, for sure. Um, I, I do think it's a constant thing. I, I don't normally, actually this last week, I have taken the whole week off actually, um, as you know, the, the album is finished and, and I'm just kind of coming up with the game plan of what I'm doing next. Right. Um, I, I, which is very rare. I normally am playing music about every day um, or at least writing. And so for me, um, it definitely comes in waves. You know, you have those weird sparks where, of, um, you know, just some ideas that you want to get onto, onto paper. Um, and then there's just the other days that you kind of force yourself to. And a lot of times artists will say you should never force anything. But sometimes for me, forcing something is actually what gets the best <laughs> out of me. Even if you don't right. want to be writing music at that time, forcing yourself to sit down and work through a problem. Like if you're stuck a lot, of, so every artist has a different way of kind of moving past, um, you know, writer's block, right? Some people say, walk away, give it time, give it days, give it weeks, and then come right. back to it. I'm like a problem solver. So I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to sit your ass down and you're going to figure this out and you're going to complete this. Um, I like that. And so for me, I, uh, I force myself to continue to write. So it is definitely this, um, you know, it definitely comes in waves, but no matter what, I still try, whether it's sparking or not, I still try to continue to write through that writer's block and through that pain that I'm not really coming up with anything, right? I still continue to try. Yeah, because, like, don't you feel like you can just write, I mean, shit, and then, like, you you know, you add it, right? And then, like, if you keep at it, it's like these little flowers will emerge from that. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, exactly. Through the crap. And then it's like, whoa, this yep. is a gem. And where did this come from? You know, like, where does that come from? Exactly. And, and the great thing about that is, too, is sometimes you'll try to force something and you'll come up with something that just doesn't fit the song at all. And you're like, but this is really cool. Yeah. Well, guess what? Yeah. Now yeah, you have another right? idea for another song. So as long as you just continue to try to write, you're going to come up with something, you know, um, whether it's for that song or not. Um, and if it's not for that song, you already have a head start on the next song. Right. I, you I, know what? It was weird. I was actually just, um, I was talking to my wife the other day about, like throwing some songs away and I'm like hesitant to do that because I have never actually thrown a song away in my life. Um, 
I, I know that many, most artists throw away songs. They'll go to write an album, they'll write about 20, 25 songs, and then they'll scrap more than half of them. I've never done that. Every, uh, every song that I have, I've kept or I've planned on, on coming it. out with. That's a valuable yeah, like, thing. That's a valuable thing. You know what, David? Um, I like to interject for just a sec because me and Michael have written music for many, many years. And there were certain mm -hmm. songs that I thought were trash when he brought them to me. At least the riff, the Ouch. main riff. Yeah. And um, he's, he's not very he's nice like, about no, it. He's like, no, it. dude, just stick with me on this one. Like, I feel very confident about this one. And we'd work mm -hmm. through it and we're like, holy crap, this is an awesome song. Uh, so I resonate with what you're saying, David, like to not throw anything away completely because you don't know what's mm -hmm. there. You know, well, can I interject? Because you've done the same for me, Ryan, like uh, in the specific one I'm thinking of is the song Take Me Home. Like I wanted okay. to, I did not want that song. Like I didn't. I love that song. I, I feel like that's I one of the best that. songs we've done. <laughs> that song, right? And then he comes up with this real melodic solo for it. It's, it's not overly flashy. It's not, I mean, it, Ryan's a very technical player, but like one of the things he has is a very good sense of melody. And it just, I love the melody on the solo. And it was the solo that was like, all right, I like the solo too much to kick to kick the song out. And, you know, believe it or not, that's the song that I'm thinking needs organ, dude. All right, sorry. But I just, I just. Boom, song. bam, look at that. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now, David. I'm telling you, man. Do you ever feel like that, David? Have you ever had a track that you thought you were going to scrap and then, you know, one or two flashes of inspiration, next thing you know, it's, wow, I didn't expect this. Yeah, so that's, that's actually what I was talking to my wife about the other day, that it's what is kind of unique about me is that I don't, ugh, how do I put this? So when I go about writing a song, if I think it's trash, I don't write it. Um, I'll start with a part and if i think what i'm starting to write is not good i'll just rewrite it as i go along i don't ever like continue with something that i don't really like so that's why right. i tend to keep my song is because i'll write a part that i enjoy and then i'll try to push forward with it and as i'm pushing forward yeah i am coming out with crap riffs and things like that but i don't <laughs> keep those crap riffs in there you know, you just keep on going until everything that you've written in You're that song finally alive. is good. Exactly. And you just work through those problems mm. and where there's not a riff in there that you're like, oh, man, I don't know about that riff. If you're like hesitant about that riff, rework it. There's something better that you can do then. And so my songs tend to take longer to write because of this process. Some of the songs will take about three months. Um, to to even write because you're constantly either rewriting or you're stuck at a part because everything that you're coming out with you're not liking so it's just just constantly chipping away at it until you finally find something or stumble upon something that you do like so that's why i tend to keep all of my songs that's a funny thing right michael and uh, david there are certain songs certain riffs that you kind of latch on to. I don't know if it's because you feel like there's something more there. Mm. Um, has that happened to you, David, where there's a riff that you might want to throw away, right? Because you don't, at first it doesn't feel as engaging 
But with time, you're like, there's something here. I just need to mine it, like you talked about, right? I just need to give it time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't know if it's here, I probably would have already trashed it <laughs> um, <laughs> and moved on. Right. Or if I do get to that point, it's probably because it's very bare. And with my music, there's a lot of layers on top of it. So I'll be like, okay, this is pretty bare. Let's see what happens when I put on the orchestra on top of it and then see what happens. And right. if I still feel that way, yep, it is trash. It is being reworked. Um, I normally don't set like, tr- I don't normally tend to sit on something that I'm like on the fence about, um, at least not for, not for too long. Yeah, a lot of times when that happens to me in my head, dude, it's like, I feel like there needs to be another guitar part over this, or there needs to be something, you know, a piano or an organ or something that goes, that, that, that counterbalances with this melody that, that, that has, that adds. Exactly. To yeah. Exactly. You know, David, we've, uh, we've come to this road so many times, right? Like, when you have a spark of inspiration, you have a riff or you're in a band and someone else has a riff, uh, seeing the potential for that riff or just knowing if it's something you should elaborate on or something you should just let go and start anew. Do you have any thoughts on that? Just the creative process. Cause it's kind of, you know, Michael, as we, as we've talked about, it's, a uh, it can be a metaphysical thing, right? Because it's like, where did this come from in the beginning? Do you have any thoughts on that, David? Oof. Yeah, my riffs are never like, I don't know. I, I always start with an emotion that I, I am either feeling or I'll just kind of start riffing around and then that will kind of tell me what emotion that is and then I'll elaborate on that. Mm-hmm. One right. thing that has helped me when it comes to exploring riffs and kind of expanding on those riffs or just dissecting them. One thing that has really helped if you are wanting, if you have a riff, let's say, and you're like, oh, it's, it's good, but I feel like there should be something more, or I think it should be a little bit more intricate or, or even just toned back a little bit, and I just want to dissect it. One thing that I has always helped me, and I don't know if a lot of musicians write this way, um, but I write everything on MIDI. Um, so for me, if, if I write a riff on the guitar, I will still transfer it to MIDI because when I see MIDI, I, I, I get to see the notes. I'm a visual person. Mm. So if one note is lacking, I can literally drag that note to wherever I want and start playing around with that idea. Instead of trying to hear it by ear and figuring out on the guitar, I'm a visual person, so I'll take what I, I have like written that. and I'll start dragging the notes huh. other places and up to other notes. And then and you can like, transpose it to better. a different key or like different instruments, things like that too? You can do, you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. change the tempo. You can change the key. You can add, you can make that a different instrument. Um, you can t- change the time signature if you really like. You, know, you can really do anything with it. Um, so that's why it's helpful helpful for me to see it on paper. The idea normally starts. Um, I mean, if it if it does start on guitar, then it'll start with me playing it. But I will still always put it to MIDI to see if I can make things better. Because instead of me just 
fiddling around the guitar for five hours to try to figure out <laughs> right. how I can make this riff better. What if I can just do it in a couple of seconds by dragging some notes around? Um, and yeah, so that, that has always been helpful to me is to see it on paper and look at it that way instead of just knocking your head against the wall over and over again, trying to figure out this riff. Or knocking your head against your bandmate. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel like it's, that's a knock against me, Michael. I don't really think that now would be appropriate. Time. I bring to him the cherry, the best <laughs> riffs, David. And he's like, this is garbage. I do what I can with them, you know? I do what I can to spruce them up, you know? I'm like, how about but, you bring uh, it up to me for once, man? Why don't you start a riff and then I'll I'll reject your riffs. The problem is it doesn't look really good. So. Yeah, I, you I know remember. What, David? The... Oh, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I remember playing with bandmates and I remember that was always the most frustrating part for me is if I would come to them with a riff, they'd be like, yeah, it's not good. I'm like, you're telling me the whole thing's not good? And you're like, well, no, there's some good parts. <laughs> but I, it, for the most part, it's not good. And it's like, okay, well, what would you dif- do differently? I have no idea. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> so what do you want to do with this? I have no idea. I'm like, I know. I need an answer. <laughs> I need to figure out what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> that creative process <laughs> is, there's a lot of gray area there, right? It's like... Yeah. Yeah, you can write a riff and you feel like, "Wow, this is this is fantastic," and I'm sure Michael, you can relate to this. You take it to a bandmate or you take it to me, right? And I'm like, you know what? I don't really feel that strongly about it. But David, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Sometimes when you create a riff on the guitar, you can hear hear the surrounding instruments. You can kind of hear the direction where it's going to go in your head and you kind of have to convince your bandmates. Look, I know the direction of this thing. You just have to trust me on this one. Yeah, I I, definitely. And that's actually why I went solo. (laughs) 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 Because Really? Right. That is exactly what happened because Mm. when I was playing back in the day with my band, um, I would come up with these riffs and they'd be like, (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. And I'm like, okay, well just hear me out. Like I envision this and they're like, yeah, I still can't picture it. And so I'm like, okay, well, how about I put it on paper for you guys? Let me record (laughs) it. Let me put drums behind it. Let me put bass behind it. And then you'll see. And then I showed it to them like, Oh, I finally get it now. I like this. I'm like, Oh, well then why do I even need you? I just did this. <laughs> I just did You're this like, and put it on paper. It. <laughs> yeah. Screw it. I'll just do yeah, it myself. It's, it's I'll just do it myself. Find, I didn't need It's hard to find musicians that share that vision, huh? I mean it's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm still hanging out with Ryan here, because he shares my vision in a lot of ways. We see differently in a lot of things, but in many ways he he understands like we, we I speak a language with that music, right? That he sort of gets. And then it's like if I bring a riff to him, um, I already know like riffs that Ryan's gonna like and riffs that he's not. And then sometimes he still surprises me. But that's so funny how it's like, you know, you know, if if someone doesn't necessarily share that vision, if you have to do all that background work and add the drum tracks and do all that, you're like, why do I need you? <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I I applaud you guys for that because once you once you find that awesome bandmate that does resonate with you and shares that vision, you you need to keep that. 
because right. that, that's like kind of one of the, the one things that I, I never really truly found. Um, and that always like irked at me, I guess. Uh, and that's why I did go solo. Um, cause it, it is hard to find those, those, those members that share that vision with you. I mean, I've always said that, you know, having bandmates is like having three to five, you know, girlfriends or boyfriends, you know, um, <laughs> it's it, a complicated it really thing, right? It's complicated. It is. It's, it, it, it's, it's very complicated. And you, if you're not going to share that vision and if you're not going to have that same dream, you might as well walk away right now, you know, like, because it is, it is really, really hard um, to continue with bands when they just don't share that same vision as you. Mm. It's, it's, it's bad. And I've, yeah. I've kind of had that for a long time. So I, 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 I applaud you guys for that. It's amazing. Don't walk away from this. Walk away from. It's a hard thing, man. It's a hard thing, David, you know, especially when you feel it in your gut, right? Oh, yeah. There's sometimes mm-hmm. when uh, you're just sitting there jamming or a riff comes to you and you're like, man, I feel really good about this thing. This is and, it. This is the riff yeah. right here. <laughs> this is the riff. And it's like when you don't have anyone to back you on it, I can see how you're like, you know what? I feel very strongly about this. I'm just going to do it myself because I know mm-hmm. where I'm going with it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say the hardest part about like being going solo is that validation that you don't get, um, you know, because there are those risks that when you have a band that you would bring to them, they would like immediately and they, 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 they enjoy that risk. And they're like, okay, yeah, I can't wait to use this. This is great. This is golden. Um, right. You don't get that with being solo. You kind of just have to trust yourself and just, you know, uh, keep pushing forward, you know, to uh, put out music. It's, it is, it's difficult. uh, I will say, you know, not having that validation. You know, taking a couple of steps, uh, steps back, David, um, was there ever one guitar player or one song, or you know what, even one moment in your life when you realize, you know what, I need to, focus on this guitar playing thing i need to zone in on this guitar playing thing because i feel like this is what i was put on this earth to do or or something along those lines yeah i mean i don't know if there was really a moment or or anything like that but i i definitely uh and you can hear in my playing that i'm heavily influenced by protest the hero and it was definitely luke that pushed that boundary to me that like, I think I was telling somebody this recently, which is kind of, it's awful to hear, but like, it's just super honest, which is, you know, for me all growing up, I was trying to keep up with Luke. Um, he was, you know, he's obviously older than me. Um, but I just wanted to be on that, that level. And I just wanted to keep up with that guy. Cause I thought that that guy was the best. And there was a moment right. though, that I had to accept my music for what it was and not trying to play like that guy. Um, and that is also a hard thing to kind of accept, um, you know, your own music as a whole. Um, and you kind of stop paying attention to that guitar player because you're now more focused on your own playing. But I definitely think it was that guy that led me to write the riffs that I do and write how I do write. Um, 
definitely him, um, along with, you know, many different, uh, you know, film scores. Uh, that kind of, those were the moments that led me to kind of play how I do play. Are there any film scores in particular that stick out to you that really influenced you? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think... I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, David. We always talk about the Jurassic Park. Yeah, because that's in my head uh, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that one. It sticks in both of our heads. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, that's part of a great, um, great score. Uh, I, I actually am a huge Hans Zimmer fan. I think that anything that he oh, does man. is, is I'm gold. So... <laughs> Before you continue, we are both huge Hans Zimmer fans Hans. to the max. I would agree, right, Michael? For real. Yeah, for real. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely my favorite team. To me, it's, it's very interesting because talk about somebody who's made something pretty simplistic, actually, but made it bigger and, like, thicker is Hans Zimmer. They, you know, he can just hold out just a couple of notes and just still make it sound so full and so emotional. That's um, a magic, right? That, yeah, that emotion. It is. Yeah. It really is. It, yes. And that's, he's one that I'll just, I will always, always continue to listen to. Um, I haven't listened to the new Dune that has come out yet, but I hear amazing things about it. I'll have to, uh, that will take some time for me <laughs> to uh, take that in. These movies um, wouldn't be, but, uh, they would not convey the same emotion. They could, they can't. The actors as good as, as great and as amazing, no knock on them as they are. Amen, without brother. Without the composer, without yeah. Hans, you know, without your Yeah, movies, exactly. It, it's not the same. It, and, it's not. It, it's not the same. And it's crazy, actually, how different those two composers are. Oh, John yeah. Williams is very, very, to <laughs> right. me, at least, more, more classical. I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of notes going on, at, you know, and a lot of different things going on at the same time, where Hans Zimmer can hold back and just hold out one note and be like, yeah, I'll still, uh, I'm going to do this emotion instead and see if that resonates with anybody. And it does. Right. And it freaking does. It's amazing. Well, you know, that's, that's part Spectrum. of it, right? Yeah. 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 Same spectrum exists like in the rock world and metal. I mean, like you mentioned again, you have bands like Slayer and then you've got, you know, protest the hero. You've got, there's such a, there, we, we really do have it the best in terms of what we can choose from what we can be inspired by and, and what's out mm -hmm. there. There's just so much to, to exactly for good or for bad, but there's so much out there. There is, and and we all we have it all at our you know disposal, right? I mean, we can find out new different bands every day just by logging yeah, on to really, you know, right? opening our phone. Yeah, it, it is crazy. I remember when I was younger, back in the MySpace days. Um, <laughs> really, I, I, we were I, there. I, don't I remember, worry, David. Yes, uh, I remember just trying to find new different bands and just being on MySpace for hours. You know, just trying to find new different music. Um, and then now we just have Spotify where you can just go on there for five minutes and find five new bands. Yeah. In seconds. Yeah. Yep. You know what, David? Um, it's got me thinking, um, me and Michael have always, uh, wrestled with this idea of what do we want our first musical experience to be like for the fans? The first, full-length song that we release as whatever alias we might go by right mm -hmm. how did you decide david 
that this was a piece that I wanted to release when I went solo for the first time? Um, I don't know if it was much of my decision. <laughs> I mean, it was, okay. it was totally my decision. It, it definitely was my decision. But <laughs> um, like, like I said, it, like when it came to Chronicles, it was at a standstill. And so I was like, I'm not going to sit here, you know, um, on my ass, you know, doing absolutely nothing. So I'm just going to come right. out with whatever I want to come out with. And, you know, I think surprisingly Lionheart was probably created within four months um, of, of writing. And it was kind of a simple, well, I, I think that this will be my single. Uh, <laughs> really not much thought went into it too much. Right. I had a, a song, I, I had actually my first, first single called the, the Siege. Um, that came out back in March, I think. Um, that was my okay. first single. And I, I really, the, the only experience that I wanted the listener to experience really was just the cinematic heavy sound, you know. I think that it's been done before plenty of times, but I wanted to bring something new to the table. I wanted to bring my, my kind of thoughts on, on this music, um, something that they can listen to and that it was familiar, right? Something heavy, right. familiar, but with a new element to it, you know, that is very cinematic. Um, and hopefully, hopefully I did that, but you know, that's, that's the great thing about music. It's all subjective. Definitely, that subject, uh, subjective nature is always there. Um, did you film the whole video yourself? Did you, the imagery, the, the direction you wanted to go to, did you take that all into your own hands? So, no, I had a, my, my good buddy, John, he, uh, he filmed it all. I think it was a couple of days before I said, I texted him, I said, I, I may have found a spot to film. And I send him a picture and he goes, sure, we could try there. And right. it was literally a picture of trees is all it was. And it was during the daylight. And he's like, yeah, looks lush. I think we could do that. And I'm like, sure, sounds good. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, he, he meets me at my house and then we go and drive over there. And then we were like, whoa, <laughs> this place is pretty gnarly. And we found some interesting stuff over there because I, I, I never walked inside that little lush tree area that I, I took a picture of. I just took a picture of that area and that was it. And we definitely worked though. It was crazy actually in there. Do we yeah. saw this like hut that somebody built out of sticks and that had a log to sit in. And I was like, all right, dude, somebody's doing drugs in this for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty gnarly. It was like, yeah, it, it was. I was like, all right, I should film in here because that would be kind of cool. Uh, it was really scary. Also, very, very, very cold. I don't know if I want to film outside for at least another, I don't know, seven months. <laughs> that sucked. It was. We've heard about degrees. that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Your fingers just don't move. They they hate you, and it it sucked, but it was it was fine. I don't know if we cut out. Are we you both still there? Is it me? Uh oh, did I, I lose you guys? I'm here. I got you, Dave. You're there. Ah, there you guys are. I did hear about the hut and about the uh filming in the cold. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a it was brutal, experience. but it was good. It worked out. Well, good. 
it uh yeah it's just cool to where those ideas will will go like when you involve with the people like how how they might shift and change and what they can bring to the table you know Oop, do we got you with us dave uh-oh you guys may have lost me again, or may I? I maybe you. I lost you. I hear you. Okay, you can hear me. Hear me? Okay, I hear you now. Yep. Just Sorry about Ryan's that. I don't know what happened. Ryan's a, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I can see him there, and he looks interesting. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, speaking of drugs, let me dig into that. <laughs> he, let me see uh, what I can find. Ryan's actually a pretty clean cut kind of guy. He's not, it's, as far as I know, I don't think he's too heavy into. <laughs> Then again, people hide things. No, I've done <laughs> No, um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, it's your solo project, but like, then you bring other people in to help, and it still becomes its own thing. Like, I feel like it's just crazy how these things will, like, will take life. You know. Sorry about that, guys. My, uh, I, you know how it is with technology, right? It's great until it doesn't work. <laughs> until it doesn't work, exactly. It's your best friend until it doesn't work. Exactly. I'm sorry, did I miss anything there? Yeah, you're No, we're just talking about drugs. Yeah, we were talking about maybe you were you were falling. Yeah, around. drugs. <laughs> I was like, he's pretty clean cut. I'm pretty sure he doesn't well, I don't know. Maybe he's hiding it. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, man. Technology is great again. Something changed with your, with your mic, dude. It's like staticky all of a sudden. I don't know. Did you oh, really? plug something in? Yeah. Not a big deal. I'm sorry. Let me see here. Uh, you guys can go ahead and continue while I fiddle with this. I'm we don't sure really have to happened. fiddle. I mean, we're sort of... We were... I, mean, I, I do enjoy... Yeah, I, you know, I will say... I, I will add um, that really technology has been very interesting for me lately. I, I think that being able to connect with different musicians and different people to help out around the world is pretty freaking cool. Uh, the fact that we can do that all from our phones is pretty gnarly. I mean, the fact that I can talk to you, to you guys right now, just from my phone and that you guys, you know, reached out to me is pretty, pretty insane. We live in a strange world nowadays. That's true. I mean, we feel, we feel pretty fortunate. Like we started this during like the middle of the pandemic uh, over a year ago, we reached out to some amazing people and they said, yes. And we're, we find that that's still happening, reaching out to amazing people and they're saying, yes, it's, it's just a privilege. And, um, I've been inspired a lot by this process and it's, it's certainly changed me. And I think Ryan might echo those comments. Like it, I know it's changed him, uh, in terms of, uh, what we think is possible. And, and especially like doing this, man, like we're deep diving into, into the songwriting process and picking your brain here and stuff. And I, I like, I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it too, because there's so much, you know, there's a lot in trying to become and, and becoming the creative person and, and putting out your, your art in some way, you know, and it's good to know that, uh, you know, you're not really alone. There are other people who are working on the same kind of thing, you know, and they're, and they're experiencing some of the same things you are. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, the the joys of being a musician, right? It's a blessing and a curse. Right. But yeah, I, I definitely echo uh, what Michael was talking about. You know, we've had the opportunity to talk about and talk with numerous exceptional musicians like yourself, uh, David, and we've been able to learn a lot 
and to be able to understand that there is a community here, you know, of people like yourself uh, that are trying to get their art out into the world. And it's a really fantastic thing, you know, that people have the guts. I mean, guts is the right term to use to be able to go for, you know, you mentioned it earlier, David, when you have a dream and to go for it. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you won't ever know unless you try, right? I mean, that's, that's like the only advice I can really give to any inspiring artist is you'll never know if, if you don't try. And then before you know it, you're 65 years old going, damn it. I wish I would have <laughs> right. tried, you know, right. and you don't want to have that hanging over your head. You know, life goes by super, super quick. Uh, whether you like it or not, the world will keep on moving. And if you don't at least try you know, to live your dream. You'll never know. So I'm not about to have that over my head when I'm 65 years old. Hell no. Hell no, man. No, for real. That's inspiring. And, and yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, I do. I do want it. Like if our, if our beautiful listeners want to catch up with you, hear your stuff, where do we point them to? How do they find you? Yeah. I, I think the, the best place to check me out is definitely Instagram, which my Instagram handle is David Lion music. Um, you can L-Y-O-N, check out my other band, right? uh, L Y O N. Correct. Um, uh, you can check out my band Chronicles. Uh, we haven't put anything out in about two years, so be aware there, but hopefully we'll be moving forward here pretty soon. Um, I, my music should be out on Spotify and Apple music here pretty soon. Uh, the album drops, uh, Lionheart drops on November 5th. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. You can also, um, type in David Lyon music on YouTube. If you want to see some videos, I did some cool collabs. Um, speaking of Hans Zimmer, I actually worked with Hans Zimmer's celloist, um, oh, yeah. Tina Guo. Um, we did a little cool, dance off and that was really cool. That was, that's probably the closest I'll ever get to Hans Zimmer. Um, Hey, whatever, man, it's worth it. it. She, she was amazing. She reached out to me. It was awesome. Such a neat experience. Um, so go check that out. Um, so pretty cool videos on the, the YouTube. Other than that, uh, just kind of be on the lookout for some music of mine uh, on Spotify and Apple Music. Heck yeah. Podcast goals. We bring David awesome, man. Zimmer. I think that's the goal. We gotta talk. <laughs> Why there not, go. right? We'll have a four-way conversation. It'll happen eventually. That'd be amazing. Oh, I'm down. Even though I'm sure... He saw my video and was like, "This is trash." <laughs> Dina, who? What are, you, what are you doing playing with this guy? This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. Um, maybe we're a little better than we think we are. I know we have to keep our egos in check, but David, you got skills that need to be checked out. So, uh, beautiful listeners, make sure to check out his new track and make sure to everything he did with Chronicles as well. I appreciate that, guys. Appreciate that, fellas. Well, in terms of uh, words of wisdom that, that, that I can add, uh, I'll just add uh, and say that uh, we need to be wild and free. And I don't want Ryan to say it because your, your static is driving me nuts, man. And we I'm having your microphone. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, we love you all. We appreciate all of you. Thanks for tuning in with us. And hang on. we got to do the closer. You ready for the closer, David? Here we go. Here it is. Let's do it. Uh, we love you all. Bye.